to Connecting Citizens to Science, a podcast from the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine about engaging communities in global health research. I'm Kim Ozano. And I'm Bea Eggard. And throughout this series, we'll be talking to researchers from around the world, exploring how they connect with people to address a range of challenges in global health. Hello, and welcome to the Connecting Citizens to Science podcast. In this month's series, we have been in conversation with global experts on the current challenges facing the local to global TB response. We have already learned that prior to COVID-19, TB, although curable and preventable, was the leading cause of death by a single infectious agent. And research has shown that early detection in communities can significantly reduce the risk of negative treatment outcomes and the long-term health impacts that can result from having TB. It can also prevent the devastating social and economic consequences of TB for people and their families. And we heard about this in the last uh, episode when we talked about gender. So having community-friendly TB screening has potential to reduce risk of TB transmission in the household, in the workplace, or school, and other community settings by removing and treating infectious people and reducing risk to others. And this is really, really important that we connect with communities to reduce the instance and prevalence of TB. And in this podcast, we will hear about the influence of technology and artificial intelligence for TB screening to ensure early diagnosis and treatment both in health facilities, but also in communities. And as ever in the TV series, my wonderful co-host, Rona, how are you today? I'm very well, Kim, and I hope you're well. I'm a senior lecturer of public policy at the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine. And I'm also with the policy unit at the Malawi Liverpool Welcome Clinical Research Programme, based in Blanter, where I am right now. So through my clinical work, research and public policy, mostly in low and middle income countries, I've interacted with the topic of tuberculosis in many different ways. And today is even more exciting than ever, trying to understand the technologies and AI, you know, I look forward to this conversation today, Kim. It's really great to be here. I agree. AI sounds very exciting and and, and quite foreign to me, quite frankly. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. So the episode's guests this week are Jacob Creswell and Brenda Mungai, who will be talking about using artificial intelligence to help identify the millions of people with TB who are missed by the healthcare system every year. Welcome to you both. Jacob, let's start with you. How are you today, first of all? And can you tell us a bit about yourself and the the work you do? Hi. Hi, Kim. Uh, Hi, Rona. Hi, Brenda. Uh, It's great to be here. I, I am sitting currently in Geneva. Uh, I'm from New York City originally, uh, but I've been living in Geneva for, <clears throat> for over a decade now. Uh, I work at the Stop TB Partnership in, in Geneva. And uh, prior to that, I, I worked at the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, in Peru and Atlanta in Guatemala uh, and at WHO uh, in in Geneva before for Stop TB. My uh, my research, I think, like Rona, my, I have a strong interest in implementation research, and I lead the TB Reach initiative at Stop TB, which is a hundred million dollar uh, grant platform that provides local partners funding to implement and evaluate new approaches to improve TB care, and we try to give the local implementers the leeway to decide what they want to try out. Uh, And 
you know, we have been focusing on case detection, as you mentioned, it's, it's an area for TB that has huge gaps. Uh, 4 million people fell sick last year and, and, and were not detected and treated. Uh, and it's, and, and this gap is one of the main reasons that you, again, that you said that the TB kills more people, uh, than any other infectious disease besides COVID. So, uh, we at TB Reach, we really focus on, on looking at, uh, evaluating, uh, introducing, evaluating, testing, uh, new technologies and new approaches. And so certainly artificial intelligence is, is, uh, one of the ones that, that we're most excited about right now. So very happy to, uh, to talk, talk with all of you about. Thank you. That's really good to hear a bit about yourself. Uh, Four million. Did I hear that right? Four million undiagnosed. Four million last year, uh, partially due to, to, to COVID. Uh, But in years past, it's, I don't think we've ever been uh, below 3 million. Uh, So huge, huge numbers of people that we, that get TB that we don't uh, identify. And, Thank you for highlighting that. Brenda, how are you today? And tell us a bit about yourself. I'm very well. Um, Habari from Kenya. So I'm based in Kenya. Um, my name is Dr. Brenda Mungay, as you've heard. Um, I wear two hats. I'm a PhD student at the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine, just about to defend my, um, my thesis. And I'm also, I work in a local NGO in Kenya, so non-governmental organization called Center for Health Solutions Kenya that I do program implementation with the TB program here in Kenya and also a lot of policy work uh, related to, to TB. So I have, I have worked um, at the Center for Health Solutions Kenya for about eight years now. Um, prior to that, I had done some work in uh, the southern Africa, so in Namibia, for about three years. Again, mostly TB. My background is a medical doctor with a master's in infectious uh, disease and tropical medicine, um, master's from Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine. Yeah, um, my my interests uh, recently have been around chest x-ray, and that's why I'm happy to be in this uh, podcast to discuss um, chest x-ray and uh, computer-aided detection software. So the new, uh, the new digital, we are currently in the digital space. And so it's exciting that TB has also moved uh, to, to, to the same world of uh, digital technology. Thank you. And I, I get really excited by the idea of, you know, being in that digital space. So thank you for joining us today. Um, I wondered if um, maybe, Brenda, you could start off, off. What are the considerations of connecting with people and communities in the context where you work, but particularly in relation to that early diagnosis um, focus that we've, we are going to be looking at in this episode? So, um, and Jacob has started as well off, you know, by saying how many are undiagnosed. So I think with TB being such a major um, disease, and uh, about 1.5 million people having died of TB in 2020, according to the WHO report, there is much that needs to be done in finding people early. So, you know, so early diagnosis uh, so that you can get them treated early. And in this way, uh, one, you reduce the deaths, but also you you improve the quality of life by ensuring that, you know, people who get affected by TB uh, are treated earlier and 
hopefully they do not have a sequel of of the of the diseases and so the reason why our research needs to go out in the communities is really that you know those are the beneficiaries and we need to involve them early and ensure that uh, all this new technology that is coming through can actually be implemented and used at community at facility to ensure that it can reach the impact uh, that it is intended to and and that's why i think this is important to connect communities to research thank you very much jacob did you want to add to that yeah i i also uh, just from a from a, a global context you know the the People may have heard about the DOTS program in, in TB. Uh, DOTS was a, a, the brand name that WHO gave TB control efforts about 30 years ago. And it has had a, a lot of success uh, uh, treating many people with TB. But the focus of uh, the, for really 20, 25 years, the focus of the program was on low cost interventions that were based at facilities. And as Brenda was saying, we know that this large persistent gap of people that we're not reaching, the, we're, the reasons why we're not reaching them are because uh, they have poor access to those health facilities, they're stigmatized, marginalized uh, populations, uh, and that reaching out into communities while more expensive and more difficult and not something that uh, governments have often done, public health systems have often done, uh, is increasingly uh, important and needed to to close these this you know this this gap that we have in in, in TB. So uh, tools and 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 things that we can can use uh, to to reach into communities are are really critical. Thank you. I think that sets us up really well for the next segment. So, you know, it sounds like this technology and, and the AI that is coming about, and Brenda, you said we need it to reach communities. It's really important to tackle some of those barriers. So, uh, Rona, I will hand over to you to investigate that a little bit more. Thank you, Kim. Uh, and I will jump onto Jacob's last sentence that was talking about tools, you know, that can help us pick up um, all of these people that we might be missing. And so, Jacob, what state-of-the-art technology for TB is out there to benefit the TB community? What do we have, you know, um, in, in, in our tool bag out there? Well, uh, I think as Brenda was saying, we have a lot more than we did uh, 10 years ago. Uh, for, for over a century, we've essentially been using uh, a microscope to to detect TB. We have one of the oldest and most uh, uh, useless is a strong term, but but a very poor vaccine uh, for for TB uh, protects basically just uh, in the first few years of life. Uh, but smear microscopy is is what is used to detect the overwhelming uh, majority of, of people who have TB. And just in the last 10 years, uh, we've, the TB community has uh, begun to have access to new diagnostic tools. Uh, we had a, a rapid molecular test uh, called Expert, Gene Expert uh, that has, has been introduced <clears throat> and has gained a lot of, of interest. Uh, it allows, it 
maybe allows uh, 50 percent uh, more people to be detected than you would find under uh, if, if you just use smear microscopy. But it's more expensive. Uh, it needs uh, stronger laboratories. Um, and one of the the, the things, and, and and I think the thing that both Brenda and I would like to, to talk about um, is the the idea of using artificial intelligence. And artificial intelligence uh, in in TB has been focused on looking at chest X-ray images, um, and and providing an automated reading uh, or interpretation of those images. Uh, and I think that that the history and the use of chest X-ray, also uh, around uh, 125 years old, um, is is something that that is worth exploring, um, just because. It was used quite a bit uh, early on, and uh, for many different reasons, uh, was it fell out of favor. And just in the last 15, 20 years has come back, uh, but there are many limitations of, of, of chest X-ray um, that artificial intel and, and the, the way we use chest X-ray for, for TB and in general. And artificial intelligence has a real potential to address many of those the, those issues so um i'll just i the other thing i'd just like to say is that this was an exciting year for for tb i think and 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 this idea of artificial intelligence the who for the first time ever uh in 2021 came out with a recommendation saying that artificial intelligence could be used to replace a human uh, reading a chest X-ray image uh, for um, for TB for screening and, and and triaging for for TB and and this is the first time that WHO has ever issued any such recommendation. It's for TB. Uh, the data is is quite exciting. Uh, I know Brenda's working uh, a lot on it as 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 we are and and um, it, it it opens up a lot of possibilities for for the way. That, that, that we approach uh, TB diagnosis. Wow, sounds really good. Thanks, Jacob. And Brenda, for a person like myself who's from the hmm, Mantu era, Mantu tubaculin era. <laughs> so for our listeners, you know, Mantu uh, tubaculin test is a, is a test where, you know, they take a small amount of tuberculosis protein inject it under the skin of, of your inner forearm and then wait three days to see if you have a swelling or not. You know, it's really from that era back there. Explain to me, Brenda, how can artificial intelligence help clinicians and programs detect people with TB? I mean, we've come a long way from that time. How can AI help us detect these people? So I think... Uh... So first of all, we uh, just to take up from where Jacob left is actually that chest X-ray became a really important screening tool um, now in the recent past, especially because now we even have digital chest X-rays. We have ultra portable, like, you know, chest X-rays no longer have this huge building that has all these um, recommended specifications to actually something that looks like a small camera that you actually carry around in a briefcase or, you know, so that has changed. So that means chest X-ray being more available 
it then, it then brings up the question of, okay, yes, but has the human resource then to actually read all these films? Is it, is it there? And secondly, is, um, you know, how fast can the reading be done by the human readers? And therefore, this is where the AI plugs in, because then it becomes that, one, you now have these ultra-portable machines that can reach to the lowest level, but these lowest levels may not have all the human resource to, uh, to know, adequately interpret and, and actually send those people for the tests that are required um, in a short period of time. And so we, so AI comes in to help that, but it also, um, you know, the turnaround time in, in which it reads, because, uh, you know, AI, and I think Jacob will correct me, but, you know, it can read, um, you know, a number of films in a very short time, because you're just, you know, it's software. So you're, you're showing it the film and it's saying, uh, the image actually, and it's saying, this is possibly, this is a score. So this, there's a likelihood of TB to this score. So it scores from zero to a hundred. So it probably says, okay, if you're about 70, you're more likely. So you actually need to send this then client of ours to now confirmatory test. So chest X-ray is still a screening test. However, uh, more studies have also been done and it showed that a lot of TB is also subclinical. You know, before we were all stuck on if the patient is coughing, if the sputum is positive, then, you know, likely to have TB. But we now know from, especially learning from the prevalent service, that there are a lot of people with walking around with TB, they have no symptoms at all, you know, but the chest X-ray will pick an abnormality that is likely to be TB. And then you ask that uh, client to cough out and give sputum for molecular diagnosis, and actually then they have TB. So AI will help then identify those lesions and say, send these people, especially in mass screening activities, but also at facility level. So uh, artificial intelligence then really steps up to help the clinician. So the clinicians will, you know, their, their, their time to diagnose TB then also reduces, you know. And that way, remember, we want early diagnosis because we don't want this client to come today. Okay, you don't have cough, uh, you know, but, you know, so we'll wait for a cough or, or you're feeling this way. And this at facility level. We also look at high risk populations. So people in congregate settings, maybe in prisons, but also in slum areas or, or places that are likely to have high risk of TB. Then once you you get chest x-rays done for this, um, all these numbers of people, you pass through those, through those uh, the AI technology, so what we call the computer-aided detection software, and then you can easily say this one's go to get a molecular diagnosis. Because your other method would be get everyone through the molecular diagnosis, and it's, it's more expensive, you know, it's you can imagine all those backlog in the lab. Yeah, so I think this is where AI will help the clinicians. Brenda, this is really exciting. It's exciting, and you know, you 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 mention uh, over and over again, you know, the shortening of the time, the turnaround time, you know, in diagnosis, which is very important. Because then again, one of the other issues that you know is very common for TB is a loss to follow up during that time when we're waiting to find out, are you really ill or not? And we get so many people lost in there. So this is really exciting. 
um, to, to, to know how much, you know, that can be taken care of. We've had quite a bit of what then AI for chicks, for, you know, for chest x-rays can do. Jacob, what doesn't it do? Sounds like it will do everything for us. Is there something that it actually might not do? You know, what does it not do? Uh, I, I think uh, Brenda pointed out a, a couple important um, important things, uh, and it is chest X-ray. So artificial intelligence is you, you still have to have the chest X-ray, right? And 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 you have to have right now. You have to have a digital chest X-ray. Artificial intelligence is essentially either replacing or assisting the human reader, right? The, the radiologist, or or in in some places, I think I think it's really important for um, you know, depending on where you are and, and and your background, to listeners to understand. Maybe maybe you, Rona and Brenda, you, you could even say in in rural Malawi, in rural Kenya. How many trained radiologists would you expect to find uh, in in these? But I, the answer, I I think, is incredibly low. <laughs> and it, there there are countries, Lesotho, when they did the the prevalence survey, um, has less than you know five or ten trained radiologists in the country, um, and and I think that that's probably um, the, the the norm in in many places, and even in 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 I think in many high TB burden countries, once you go outside of, of, of um, large urban settings, uh, highly trained human readers, uh, radiologists are are not something that you see a lot. Um, and and uh, so so what does it do? What does it not do? Um, artificial intelligence for TB and what we're discussing now, and what WHO recommended. Um, also, I think is important is to decide, as as Brenda said, should should this person get a diagnostic test, a, a, a molecular test, ideally, um, or not? And but what it it doesn't do, it's not a diag. It, it, artificial intelligence and chest X ray is not a diagnostic tool. What we know from decades of research is that you will likely um you'll find uh it's a sensitive tool meaning you'll 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 identify almost all of the people that that have tb in a population but you may over uh diagnose uh tb and that was one of the reasons why who in the in the 70s said that they they didn't want chest x-ray to be used for for tb screening because of the fear that it would be used as over diagnosis so chest x-ray in itself is not a diagnostic tool and ai for chest X-ray is not um, so. It, it, therefore, it's it's not going to diagnose TB. It's simply going to say this person has a higher probability, or a, you know, this is someone who you would want to test. But interestingly, uh, many of the uh, companies that are are producing the software, I, I think, certainly from a from a business standpoint, TB is yes, it. it causes millions of deaths each year and many people get it but in a in a health system it is not uh something that you see tons of right it, it there are many other lung conditions copd and pneumonias and other many other lung conditions that you would uh you would see um on on chest x-rays and i think that software companies are are looking to see okay well tb is one thing but can we 
can we get the the software to look at other conditions if that's nodules or if that's opacities or cavities and different things and right now we don't know how we haven't validated we haven't evaluated those that the the artificial intelligence for other types of of reading um but we do know that it works very well to to triage uh people for for tb testing um i think it will i think i think we will find out that um it, it can be used uh, you know for maybe for lung cancer detection for example uh early lung cancer detection um but a lot of those studies are are haven't been done or or are, are unpublished um and so it, th that is important. The other thing that I think is is important is that right now, artificial intelligence, as as Brenda said, you need a digital machine. So artificial intelligence reads a the the software reads the digital image. Uh, I think that, that that those are important things. So I think those are some of the the the, the limitations that that it has. Sounds good. Uh, and I think, Brenda, do you want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to add also that um, as much as many of the software are now reading also, uh, helping interpret children um, readings, there's also that limitation, you know, below four years of age, you know, we, we still haven't gotten something that can 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 help interpret the children extras very well. So that will still need human readers, you know, for some time to come. Absolutely. Yeah. So still some work to do, but yeah, I, I, I still think, you know, we've, we've, we've made some leaps and bounds there. And therefore, Brenda, what are some of the ways that, you know, AI could improve the way we currently work in TB? Okay. <laughs> so good question, because I think one of the studies that I did is to look at what are the abnormalities other than TB would you expect on chest x-ray? And I think Jacob has mentioned some. The other thing that we found is a lot of cardiomegaly. In our setting, we also found that in Malawi, somebody did a study in Malawi. So I think, you know, x-ray as a tool helps in identifying, you know, lung and any other organs around the lung area. So, you know, like uh, heart conditions. Um, so I think a good opportunity for AI as um, Jacob was saying to to try and validate those for other conditions would really have helped because those conditions we found to be higher, the prevalence of those to be higher than TB itself. And so this becomes a big learning, a selling point for health systems because, you know, governments, programs want to do more than TB. And I think one of the issues that has been is that we've looked at TB as a parallel program. But I think chest X-ray brings up the whole lung health agenda other than TB brings up. Thank you, Brenda. Jacob, uh, did you have something to say about how this might, you know, change things in how we work? Yeah, I, I wanted to build on, on, on what Brenda said and, and touch base on something that she said earlier about these, these um, ultra portable uh, cameras that are, are being, it really is kind of, spectacular when when you think about it and, and look uh, and think about what we used to use uh, or many people still are using in uh, for for x-ray machines and again it, it I think we have to to begin to um, 
historically we had a a aversion to a lot of lots of of x-rays because of the radiation that they um or one of the reasons is because of the radiation that they uh produce and these new cameras uh and and the new technology in general produces far less radiation it's much safer um the image quality is 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 quite good and because the the chest radiograph uh, using x-ray can identify so many potential issues including tb but but beyond that there's a real opportunity for integrating uh annual health screenings and, uh, and, and different disease areas, uh, TB and, and others, NCDs, uh, non-communicable diseases uh, and others. And I, and I think that going forward, we're really gonna have to think more about uh, these kind of you know, annual checkups and, and status that, that at huge numbers can be run and, and basic, um, basic information can be, can be provided by artificial intelligence uh, quickly as the machines don't get tired. Uh, they don't need breaks, you know, like, like humans do. And we know from research that you can show humans the same image uh, multiple times and they will interpret it differently. Um, so th there are a, a number of, of, of advantages built in um, that, that artificial intelligence can, can, can help, especially as as it gets better and, and not just TB specific, which which I think it, it will. Very exciting. And I'll stay with you, Jacob. Um, and I'm happy for you, Brenda, to come in later. What are the benefits, you know, for people in the community? Yeah, it's 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 an excellent uh, it's an excellent question, and I think that the the importance uh, of of any new technology that, that what will make it really impactful is that uh, you can you can get it down to to a community level and it's not sitting in a in a reference hospital uh, it's not sitting in a reference lab in 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 the in the capital city uh, it is you can get it into you can get it into the community level and and so um, artificial intelligence i think uh, again coupled with especially some of the the more advancements in 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 portable x-ray technology can bring a incredibly high quality, uh, you know, the best screening tool that, that we really have uh, for for TB to a community level. Uh, it can go, and we can even talk about, you know, with 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 these very small machines getting into people's homes and doing contact investigation uh, in people's homes with with some of these machines, and that's 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 definitely a possibility. Uh, and you know, as as has been mentioned. The what we know from from research is when you, you when you go outside of health facilities into communities with with these types of interventions, you detect more people with TB. You reduce the costs to the person who may have TB or the the the, the patient, the client. Uh, you reduce those out of pocket costs because they're not traveling, they're not spending time. Um, they're not going to multiple places to receive diagnosis. Uh, you cut down the the intervention, the, the 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 time that that person is sick, and and therefore the time that person may be transmitting to to their family uh, and and friends. I think it it makes the the argument stronger that we really have to 
to reach into communities and work in communities to to identify everyone um, with TB. On a very on a more technical level, um, what what AI can do is that as as Brenda said, you know, you have children, you you may have elderly people, you may have people living with HIV, you may have uh, someone with a past TB history, and every all these different variables that go into someone their risk of TB. Uh, artificial intelligence can can individualize these the the scores and 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 the reading uh, for for people in a way that the software is is getting better and better and and it's better than humans at, at doing this. Uh, and and I think that's 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 what's really exciting. Oh, wow, Jacob, that's that's you know. It's, it's such an exciting episode for me today. I, I just wish I could go back to medical school now and do things AI way. <laughs> but yeah, this is very, very exciting to know. I think I'll hand you back to Kim. Thanks very much, Rona. It's been fascinating. And I think it's really important that when we think about people in communities, we think about those that are directly affected by disease, but bringing out the clinicians and the challenges they have and quite often under-resourced and overburdened health systems is really important. And I'm glad that, you know, Brenda and yourself brought that out. And health system strengthening is a real focus, I think, for global health right now. And having AI, it had never occurred to me how this, you know, could have a health system strengthening element and and tackle that verticalization of, of programming. So it's really uh, useful for me to understand that. That's certainly some something I hadn't uh, thought about before. So thank you so much for, for this interesting uh, fact. So, uh, Jacob, what exciting innovations could be envisioned in the future in this area? Some, some work more recently is to work with uh, software developers so that you could actually take a mobile phone and pu- uh, put a, a analog image uh, up on a light box and take a picture of that image and have the software read uh the image from 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 a mobile phone capture using a mobile phone to to uh, allow artificial intelligence to help uh facilities that have uh analog uh machines is would be i think incredibly helpful and empowering uh for for a lot of uh, a lot of facilities and and and, and clinicians um, who don't have access to, to the latest technology. Thank you. That is really exciting. So we are um, coming to the end very quickly. What advice, Brenda, would you give to uh, either people transitioning from other uh, health backgrounds into TB and AI, or um, new students that are just starting to work in this field? What advice would you give to them? So I think as Jacob had said earlier, you know, this is an ancient disease that we've, we need all the tools to try and, you know, um, tackle it. Even, even with the tools that we have, it's about how to better implement them so that every client, whatever point they are in, can, can get access to this. And that way it reduces the catastrophic cost of diagnosis of TB, treatment, uh, and all this. And Unfortunately, for TB is still, you know, poverty. Uh, there's a lot of link between TB and poverty, and so we still need a um, lot of 
teams to come in and provide even more accessible ways to, you know, to screen, to diagnose and to treat TB at the lowest level possible at community units. That's where we, we need. And, and yes, we need to lots of resources into TB. We definitely need new ideas. <laughs> yeah, we need new ideas. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So thank you both so much. I have learned so much. Like Rhoda just said, it's it's been a wonderful episode. I um, have really enjoyed the conversation. Any last words either one of you would like to say before we sign off? Try new things because 10 years ago, if you had said, oh, artificial intelligence to reach chest secretaries, you wouldn't have gotten a, a lot of traction, but it's, it's, we, we, we need these kind of, uh, we need this push in, in TB. So thanks for, for the opportunity to talk with you today. I think, you know, having been in the TB field for that long, this is the most exciting time to be in it because I think there's a lot of changes and also opportunities that are, um, are showing up that, you know, we can, we can leverage leverage on even with the covid pandemic i think there are areas to learn as to you know both our airborne conditions you know what what can we learn from each other and invest um, put investments to to also end tb as we also manage the covid pandemic well thank you for being wonderful guests and thank you again to co-host rona and uh, listeners, please join us for, uh, for more um, exciting conversations on TV. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks.